Hi everybody, and welcome to a new episode of Tapis Rouge. I'm your host, Guillaume Cauchois, and today's shout-out goes to Michelle Viola from Virginia, who once again was the first one within seconds of posting to find out our guest today, Oyun Erden Senge. To say that Oyuna is amazing would be an understatement. She started doing contortion on Alegria when she was 11 years old, and she's still setting the stage on fire today. I had the privilege to share the stage with her for many years and to learn about her incredible life. Get ready, guys. This one is a classic Cirque. So here she is, the very flexible Oyun Erden Senge. Oyuna, welcome to Tapis Rouge. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to finally have you. You're in Korea right now, right? Yes, we're playing right now in Korea with Alegria. Nice. And how's it going? It's going super well. You know, it's so nice to be in Asia. And uh, for me, of course, it's super cool because I'm so close to home and there's a lot of like Mongolians here or my friends, family coming to visit. So I'm really enjoying it. And the show is doing really well. And the audience seemed to really love the show and the reactions have been really amazing and they're such a great audience to perform for. So we're really having a lot of fun. Oh, that's amazing to hear. I'm so, I'm jealous. I wish I could be there with you. Performing in Asia for I sure know. is the best. Yeah, no, I mean, it would be so nice to have you here for sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it's it's been really cool. And I think for a lot of people, it's their first time in Asia. So they're discovering a lot of the culture, Asian culture, and especially Korean culture, and just, you know, experiencing things in a very different way and trying different kinds of food and different kinds of uh, kind of everything. So I think it's been quite interesting for everybody. Yeah, because you is not your first time in Korea with Cirque, right? Yeah, this is my second time. Um, I did uh, actually uh, the last time with Alegria as well, but original Alegria in 2008. Mm-hmm. So it's been 14 years since then. So it's really <laughs> kind of cool to come back to, uh, you know, to come back to Korea again with Alegria. I mean, it's a new show, but still, you know, with Alegria, so it's, it feels really special. And I feel really grateful to have this opportunity. Um, and it's just fun to experience it as an adult. Yeah. Then I was 15 years old. <laughs> so, you know, I was a kid, so I was not you know, like doing much. I was just going to school, doing the shows. And now as an adult, you know, I can really like go out, explore and see how things are actually. And mm-hmm. so it's been also a very nice experience for me. So right now you're saying you've been already working for sick for 14 years, but I believe it started even before that. So can you take us to the very beginning? How did you get to start in circus? In circus? Uh, yes. So I started circus when I was six years old. I went to a contortion school in at the National State Circus in Mongolia. Um, so it's kind of a funny story because um, I was originally like, you know, like when I was a kid, obviously I didn't know much about contortion, I, but I would see on TV and things. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, oh, it would be so cool if you could try contortion. And unfortunately she passed away. And after that, after one month, uh, my aunt remembered her saying that, oh, I really want my daughter to 
uh, try contortion. And especially with this coach, uh, my original coach mm -hmm. is a very famous contortionist in Mongolia. Okay. Um, so my mom really wanted me to audition with her. And my aunt was like, okay, I think it's kind of like her last wish. So I really want her, you know, I want to do this for her. So she researched how to audition to, uh, you know, my coach's school and everything. And she brought me in to do like a audition. And my teacher at the time was, you know, quite uh, very picky at picking her students because she is very famous and she also doesn't have too much time to take all the students she wants. So mm -hmm. She was very particular in who she chooses. So we auditioned and she was like, oh, in the beginning, she was like, okay, we're not too sure. We'll see, like do a three months trial. So in this three months, I think she sees, you know, how talented you are, how patient you are, how pro how much you're progressing. In the and after three months, I was luckily enough to get accepted to her school. So mm -hmm. then at that time, I was six years old and started doing contortion uh, professionally, well, okay. seriously, I guess, because the trainings would start. Yeah. When you're six years old, how is an audition for a contortion school? Like, what do they ask you to do? Like, how can they see in a six year old child who've never done contortion? Like, oh yeah, this mm -hmm. child has good potential. Yeah. I think, I mean, honestly, uh, to be honest, I don't fully remember the audition too much, <laughs> but I just remember her being like, Okay, like I don't remember 100% everything, but I remember her being like, okay, try to, it was actually quite simple because it was like, oh, try to do a split, try to do a bridge or try to stretch your back and let me see. And I think that kind of, and she just make us do, I think, basic, like just basic stretching skills. And she saw that some people were like, some kids are probably like super flexible naturally or some mm -hmm. are really stiff. So then maybe she, I think looks at that in general. And then, then if you look like, I guess you have potential, then she was like, okay, like, let's give it a try for a few months to see how she progresses and how she likes it as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so honestly, it was kind of basic stretching, I would say. Okay. And so you get all the way through that three months trial. And then finally the teacher says, okay, you're, you're good enough. Now we will take you full-time and you start full-time training contortion. Yes, I started full-time training when I was six years old. And uh, I think it was a really good thing because, uh, uh, I mean, at the time, I didn't know what it was exactly and what it could bring to my life or how it would change my life. I had, you know, I had no idea then, but it was something that I felt good at doing. And also I was progressing quite fast. So that also motivated me to keep going. And also, I think it was just a nice uh, something to focus on as well, because after losing my mom, it was a bit difficult. So yeah, I had sure. I can't imagine. this discipline to, I think something, it, it brought me stability, mm -hmm. I think. And learning and progressing was also really fun as well. Was it a way to keep some sort of relationship with your mom? Because did you know that your mom wanted you to do contortion? I did know, uh, like, you know, my aunt talked about it briefly and, you know, sometimes in Asia, we don't always express everything fully. Mm -hmm. So she didn't really have like sit down conversation and explain me everything. I just knew that 
she would have liked me to try. And so let's try it. It was like a kind of a very short information I had, but it came later when I was a bit older, they explained me what happened and how it happened. And my aunt, you know, talks about the story almost Mm -hmm. every time I go home or, you know, when we start to have conversation about my mom and stuff. So then I start to understand it even more. But I think at the time it was just kind of a little bit blur probably Mm. for me, just trying to process everything. So more like a structure and a discipline that can allow you to focus your mind on something else to like help you in the grieving process. I think so. And, you know, also I think when you have that, and I think it's really definitely helped me for that. And plus I think just like, as a kid, when you're good at something, it gives you motivation. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of kept me going and helped me to stay positive, Yeah, I believe. And did you like the contortion itself, the practice? and Because you say you like the progress and the feeling of like, oh, I'm good at this, that's great. But the contortion itself, the exercising and the, the flexibility aspect, how did you feel about it? Yeah, I I, th- I really enjoyed that. I mean, of course, they were hard. Some days were hard, of course, like, you know, in anything and, you know, doing circus, you know, you're, you know, pushing your body to limits. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, some days I was crying because, you know, like <laughs> stretching splits and all this were hard, right? So yeah. we had like some contortion, like not only our teacher, but like we had some contortion older sisters that would like sometimes stretch us and like really intense and would be like, we would be like crying and they're like, yes, but we went through it. So you have to go through it. <laughs> and almost sometimes our teacher was like, okay, whoa, whoa, guys, like, you know, you have to be a little bit careful. <laughs> but I think, you know, they were just sometimes <laughs> pushing a little bit more. So, you know, some days were definitely painful or hard, but overall I really enjoyed it because I was also good at it. And that's like I said, it motivated me a lot, but also just was fun bending and learning, you know, to do stuff. And yeah, and my body was also letting me do it. And I think that is the important part is, uh, was it made it in a way easy because my body was able to mm-hmm. cope with yeah. the training. And you said you've saw Mongolian contortion first on TV because Mongolian contortion is a traditional art. In Mongolia? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's almost considered as a traditional art because it's been there for so long and we have so many contortionists. So it almost become part of our kind of traditional art, but it's not traditionally dated for like hundreds or thousands of years before, mm-hmm. right? But it almost is part of it at the moment in the society because there's been so many contortion teachers. We have a lot of contortion schools. And we have a lot of contortionists as well, like really good contortionists. So mm-hmm. we see that a lot always on TV, newspaper, or or you know someone who does contortion as well. Mm. So it's almost been like become like a ballet, you know, like oh yeah, okay. In North America, people would send their girls or kids to like do ballet, or mm-hmm. it would be same like you know Mongolian parents would be like, okay, why don't you try contortion? Like yeah. they all know about it, but they all respect it as well because they see all contortionists traveling abroad or representing their countries. So they're also very proud of us. And mm. so it's a combination of things. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cool. So it's like a healthy activity, but there is that aspect of if you work professionally as a contortion, you get to showcase Mongolian culture everywhere in the world. Yeah. And I think that's what they're really like proud of is when you become a good contortionist and you travel abroad and you're representing your country and you, you know, you are representing Mongolia. So you're showing 
you know, also Mongolia, like, you know, the population is small. So, you know, we're not, we're, I mean, there's Mongolians everywhere in the world, but it's still a small population. So I think Mongolians are so proud when you're going abroad, traveling around the world and, you know, with your Mongolian flag and yeah. showing that, oh, this is, this art comes from Mongolia and we're actually really good at it. And so I have to ask, how does it feel to sit on your own head? <laughs> It it feels pretty normal. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. It feels pretty comfy. Yeah. yeah. Like people always, you know, think it's like, oh my gosh, it must hurt so much or like it must be so uncomfortable. I'm like, no, actually, like I feel very zen when I'm bending. Yeah. It feels so comfortable and it's a feeling I know. And obviously, of course, if I have back pain and stuff or like it's not it's not as fun, but when when everything is good and normal, which is most of the time. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I have really good back and I don't have much problems. So honestly, personally, I just love just being on chest end. This is like a very zen, comfortable moment for me. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoy it. And obviously, like sitting on creating that shape, like sitting on your head is even that's a bit uh, like a further position. So yeah. you have to be quite flexible to do it. So for sure, there's a bit more tension that so it's not as comfortable as if you're just doing chest end. Yeah. Chest end is just like kind of like almost can nap in that position. Chest end is when if you're like just making one degree of folding. Yeah, one kind of lower back uh, fold into like, you know, just kind of creating like this square box shape kind of with your body. Okay. And on your chin, yeah. Uh, and do a little bit on your chest. They call it chest end because it's like half of most of your body weight are below your chest. Uh, on your chin starting and then mm -hmm. off to your neck and your chest so they can they call it chest stand so that's like very classic position for contortionist yeah yeah so that's kind of very comfortable and so there is no difference for you when you bend over to put your shoes on or where you do a chest hand there is no degree of strain it's like kind of easy and natural yeah, obviously, like for sure, I need to warm up a little bit to get into it. But once I'm kind of warmed up in that position, yeah, it feels pretty similar as if I'm just like bending down to put my shoes. Like, yeah, I, <laughs> that's why I'm like, when people are surprised, I'm like, no, it doesn't really hurt that much. Unless, <laughs> of course, everybody bends differently too, right? Yeah. So if you're not as flexible or if you're having problems, back problems and things, it, then it's mm -hmm. not fun. But when everything is good, it's pretty, uh, pretty chill and fun. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the most extreme position that you're doing, that you're performing on stage, how, how does it feel on the inside? Because I feel compulsion. It's really a, a circus discipline that has such a strong impact on the audience. I think when the audience sees good contortionists, there is always that reaction of, because oh! you can't, uh, you can't imagine how it feels to bend in such extreme ways. So could you try to de describe like when you do, let's say a triple, a triple fold or like a, the most, the most mm -hmm. extreme position, how does it feel to be inside your body? How does it feel? That's an interesting question. Cause I just, you know, like most of the time I've done this since I was a kid. So for me, almost become a normal position. But yeah, of, of, uh, right now, I guess the most kind of extreme contortion position I'm doing is like you said, triple fold. And I love doing triple fold uh, in my act because I think the reaction of the audience is quite amazing. And I am also like, I can, 
when I'm doing triple fold, I can look at the audience mm. and see their reactions as well. So I can observe. And it's such a cool moment because they're just going like, oh my God, what is she doing with her body? Yeah. How is she folding in like completely? I don't know. Like and it's, it's called triple fold because you're folding three times. Pretty much triple <laughs> times. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is my like favorite trick to do, obviously, to get the reactions of the audience. Um, but triple fold actually can be quite difficult because you need a lot of flexibility and you also kind of um, hold your breath a little bit to go into that further mm -hmm. position. And of course, if you're like extremely flexible, some girl, some people are really flexible, some contortionists, then that would be kind of not a very hard position. But if you're in general, like average flexibility, then triple fold can be sometimes really difficult to do. Yeah. So you have to hold a lot and hold your breath, you get into that position. And like even holding that position for a long time can feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but for me, like I've done it for a while and uh, for a long time. So for me, it kind of feels very normal. I just have to kind of stretch my flexibility to kind of my max before going on stage. Okay. And then it's kind of easy for me and it doesn't feel like I'm like suffering or I'm pushing my body too much. Yeah. Okay. So that now if we backtrack a little bit, you mm -hmm. go to contortion school, you're learning, you're progressing. When did you first get approached by Cirque du Soleil? So in 2003, Cirque casting came to Mongolia to audition acrobat and contortionist and uh my my teacher my coach at the time was already in the state circus so you know we were all like heard about her coming and all started to prepare and audition for the audition and everything and you know at the time i was 10 years old so i was really young i had no idea what Cirque du Soleil was i just heard it was a very big circus and that it's very popular and famous. Um, so everyone was like very excited, very nervous too at the same time to audition. And mm -hmm. my teacher, my coach at the time focused um, more on the girls that were older than us because she just assumed they would take them. And so for me and my partner at the time, they were like, okay, you guys just train like for a week, we put something together just to showcase you know, so we didn't think we would get picked or anything like that at all. It was more the older girls. So when they came, everybody, you know, has their turn, audition. And me and my partner at the time, we just put something together. We already had our tricks, but we just put something together in a week. And we auditioned. And the audition was really quite funny because we learned, like, we created an act. And the choreography was, like, uh, you know, done very in a short time. So we actually couldn't remember some of our choreography. <laughs> so during, while we started doing our act, we were like, so what's next? Oh no, you put your like, you know, like <laughs> things like, no, I can't slide under, you know, you have to open your legs more or like, you know, something like really funny conversations if you don't have the context to it. Yeah. But so we were just kind of talking through to finish our act because we were like, oh yeah, did we do this? No, no, turn left. No, 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 do that. Or, you know, kind of things like that. I don't yeah. remember exactly what he said, but I remember it just being really funny and we finished our act. 
And then after that, they were like, okay, now we go to the second stage where that's where like you act a little bit, you sing a little bit. And both of us were really young. So they were like, oh, can you sing a song? And we were like, uh, nope, we don't want to sing. You know, we were so shy. And they're like, okay, sing a song. And I think my partner started singing a song and then she forgot the lyrics and she turns to me and I'm like, oh yeah, it is. Or like, I think I was like trying to help her, but it was just so funny. And acting, we were like, I think both shy. We were just like, we're not going to act like, like, you know, why, you know, so I, it was just so funny because we were not taking it that seriously and we were just like kids and we were really not like, you know, open yet. We were just yeah. shy. So, uh, so it was a really funny audition. And then after a month, they were like, oh, we picked you girls for Alegria. Do you guys want to go, you know? And then starts the whole conversation of like, you know, all the legal mm -hmm. things and school and like what the conditions mm -hmm. are and everything. Did your coach negotiate your contract? Yeah, there was uh, someone at the time that was Mongolian um, that served contracted through. So they talked to my coach. Then this uh, lady was kind of the, the uh, was the per person linking Cirque and Mongolian circuits. Okay. So she negotiated with my family and with, so everyone was kind of involved because it was a very big contract and it would, we were minors as well. So yeah, there was a lot sure. of like legal things to figure out mm -hmm. as well. Um, so yeah, and then become a process. And then at the end we decided, okay, let's go because we heard it's a great circus. And also main thing was we would have school. Okay. So, you know, as minors, it's very important. Like our family was not going to send us if didn't provide school. Yeah. So you could keep continuing your education and keep regular yeah. school as the same time that you're doing the shows. Yes, exactly. So that was the main thing. So then Cirque provided school at the time and we decided to sign the contract. So our family agreed and signed the contract. And then we trained 10 months back home, preparing for Alegria. Okay. So we were learning the act and everything. Yeah. Oh, and so you started on Alegria when you were 11, then like about a year after the audition? Yes, 11 years old. And so how was that to be 11 years old, to leave your country for the first time and to get to work on uh, like the most iconic show of Cirque du Soleil? Yeah, I mean, uh, for us and also like, um, like I said, like we really didn't know the scale of the show or the scale of the company at the time so we were just like young kids we we're like okay we're gonna go fly in the airplane first time we're gonna go abroad first time so everything was so interesting right like even just seeing people from you know different country different hair different yeah. skin everything was so interesting because in mongolia it's like mostly mongolian so mm -hmm. we don't see so much variety of like different skin types or you know, hair and everything. Yeah. So for us, it was really entertaining the first like <laughs> week. I think we we're just looking at everything. We're like, oh my gosh, this person has a very curly hair. Oh my God, this person has like, the skin color is like this or like, you know, That's like so different features. Oh wow, this person has like really huge eyes. Now we're Asian, yeah. so smaller eyes. So like just seeing different features was like so entertaining. And uh, yeah, we flew first time on a plane um and first time just like playing on a like long escalator and you know like so many things were new for yeah. us and then we arrived at 
headquarters at HQ and our garden told us, okay, like you have to say hello to everyone. So also we didn't speak English. So mm -hmm. we learned like few words like hello, thank you. And I remember like the first day was really funny because she told us to say hello to every single person. So there was a hallway. So mm -hmm. we passed the hallway. So we say hello to every person that we encounter. And then we went back <laughs> in the same hallway and we were like, hello, hello, hello again. And she was like, no, 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 you don't need to say hello twice. You just say hello once to the person. You don't need to say hello every time. So, so funny things like that. And we were just kids. So, uh, you know, it's that, of course, it started with so much stimulation, you know, because there's just so many different things, different kinds of food as well. We were trying all this new things. Um, and then, yeah, and then we jumped into like creating the act and finalizing everything, makeup, costume, all this, like first time trying to do a full face makeup. Yeah. You know, it, there was a lot of new things, not a lot of new challenges. And also you're not there with your family, but we had our coach, original coach come as a guardian oh, okay. as well. So that was like kind of comfort, you know, because we knew somebody. Yeah. Um, and then we went right into the show and started working. Our partner in this episode is Circus Talk, the online carrier marketplace for circus and the performing arts. Circus Talk is the new thing that is great for our international circus community. It is an amazing information resource, bringing news, events and industry trends to us, professionals working in the field. What also makes Circus Talks amazing is their first online casting platform that connects talents and talent seekers in circus and performing arts. If you're a talent seeker, you can finally post jobs and auditions in a professional and transparent way, instead of using social media accounts. There are already over 28,000 artist profiles on Circus Talk that talent seekers can search while talents can find jobs and apply to them via the Circus Talk platform. You can get your first month free on both Circus Talk Talent and Talent Seeker Pro membership by using the promo code TAPIROUGE in one word. So go to circustalk.com, sign up to Pro and use the code TAPIROUGE to find your spotlight with our partner, Circus Talk. All right, guys, a little side story now. Back in 2014, I hurt my back training backstage before a show. The pain was so intense, I couldn't put my socks on, sit for more than two minutes, and obviously, it took me out of the show for quite some time. I followed a strict core rehabilitation program, and after six weeks, I got back on stage. But I kept having recurring pain. So I started to educate myself about core anatomy, rehab training, and pain science. I wanted to understand why am I doing all these exercises if the pain keeps coming back. The more I was learning, the more I understood I had to change. I started switching exercises, tweak some techniques and executions, and also completely changed my perception of pain. After a couple of weeks, on top of reducing considerably my pain level, I was feeling so much stronger, which increased my confidence to move and better perform on stage. My life overall was so much better. Finally, I was pain-free and not scared to hurt my back again. I had a lot of artists and athlete friends who saw that happening and asked me, 
Hey, what did you do for your back? And I thought, I could put it all out in a clear and clean way instead of always pulling random videos on YouTube and giving quick guidance. So I reached out to all the best doctors, physiotherapists and performance medicine specialists whom I met touring and asked them to help me develop Protocol Cut to the Core. Protocol Cut to the Core is the first rehab and strengthening protocol for back or hip pain that also includes a comprehensive course in core anatomy, biomechanics and pain science. It is approved by doctors, physios and performance medicine specialists from five different countries. If you are suffering from acute or persistent back or hip pain, you can find protocol Cut to the Core on our website at cuttothecorefitness.com. When movement is an issue, movement is the solution. And now, let's get back to the show. Do you remember your first city on tour? Yes. So the first city was Toronto. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we did our first performance in Toronto. And I remember just like really like being at awe in the city because it was just like so many tall buildings. We had never seen before. Such a different architecture than Mongolia, you know. And so that was really cool. And just seeing water as well. We're a landlocked country. So seeing... Mm. kind of you know huge amount of like water was so also beautiful and the site was right next to the water as well there was a beautiful walk um yeah so toronto audience were great but that was very like short time because they just got us into the show and we perform i think two three weeks and they send us back home and they said okay you will start like full time in japan tour which was happening in i think like a two months or something like that. So you did your training in Montreal. You learned to act the makeup. You do your integration on the show for a couple of weeks, but then they send you back and they say, you're going to start now that you're integrated into the show, we're going to send you back home for a couple of months. And then you're going to come back at the beginning of Japan tour. Yeah. I don't remember exact timeline, but I think it was because they were finishing Toronto and I think they had like probably a month off or something because the show needed to transfer to Asia. So that probably was like a month. So I'm assuming it was like probably like two months or a month and a half that we had off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So then we kind of started full time in Japan. And also that was very interesting too, because it was a completely different culture and we were, you know, going to school, learning English and uh, also like trying to just adapt to Japanese culture and the food and everything. So I think for sure as a kid, it was, it must have been quite stimulating because there was just so much new information and so many new things you had to adapt to. And plus you're doing a lot of shows as well. So you start working and you have to be professional too. And how do you deal with this? Having to do a lot of shows and learning how to be a professional when you're 11 years old. Yeah, I think you learn this through by the, the surroundings you had, you know. Uh, which I had uh, when I joined Allegria, my current uh, coach, Magda, she was there and she was played a huge role in making us professional artists and telling us mm-hmm. how to be professional, how to take care of your body and plus being our coach and plus just like explaining everything. And plus our garden was there taking care of us. Plus we had our teachers, regular school teachers that are, 
also mm-hmm. educating us, teaching us about, you know, everything we need to learn, but also just how to be, you know, like be a like teenager and how to like behave and what to do, what not to do. So there was a lot of, I think, uh, people that played very important roles as a kid mm-hmm. growing up, like, yeah. you know, in any situation. But uh, so those people made us, learn and be have to be professional artists and i think you know just as a kid because we have such a busy schedule in a way you don't know so you just keep going and also you learn as you go and you're just on the road and you're constantly working our schedule was quite busy because in the morning we'd have schools we'd do two shows we'd go home and do homework and sleep like maybe six seven hours at most and then start all over again so sometimes almost didn't have time to process too. So you just kind of keep, keep going and you become professional and you learn. But at the same time, that changes as well as you get older and become, you know, adult and, you know, everything. So uh, just childhood was, I would say, quite busy. Mm-hmm. And how long did you, how many years did you do on Alegria? So from 11 till... I did, I started in 2004 and we closed, uh, I had a little break. So I started in 2004 and I think 2009, we closed, Allegria closed as a big top show mm-hmm. and I had 10 months off. So that 10 months I went back home, finished my high school. And that was a very good change to be just back home and be in a normal environment. So that I think was really refreshing as well because mm-hmm. I've been working so much. And then I rejoined Alegria in Arena. And then I worked there uh, about four years and closed it okay. as a Arena tour as well. Yeah, almost, I would say in Alegria, like almost 10 years in Alegria. But I had a little break in between, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. So it's like your whole childhood and your whole teenage time. Pretty much, almost. yeah. So pretty much all my teenage years, I was on Alegria, yeah. And did, during this whole time, did you have your, did your coach, was Magda there all the time with you and your guardian all the time with you as well? Yes, they were all both full time. Yeah. It sounds like you had this family of substitution on tour, like these people that were there to be able to support you as people and not just as an employee of the show. Yeah, definitely. You know, of course, they become like, you know, our t- our coaches, of course, coaching us, but also like mentoring us as well. And then we had our original coach as our guardian as well. So she was mainly taking care of ourselves and connecting with our family and dealing with all the logistics and things. And of course, there were challenging times for sure, because, you know, you're a kid, you're a teenager, you're growing mm-hmm. and yeah. you don't have your family as well, um, you know, and sometimes your family views can be different than the people you're growing up as well. So like yeah. trying to just kind of understand that. And so I think as a teenager, but sometimes I think was probably a little bit overwhelming to be honest, mm-hmm. but I think because we were so busy, I didn't really have time to process that until I become an adult. Yeah. I understand. So the arena tour of Alegria closes and from then, where did you go to work? It closed and I had another 10 months off. Um, uh, and then I was studying in university at the time in Mongolia through mm-hmm. um, online. 
So I I think at when we closed Arena, I was quite a bit tired because the Arena schedule is quite heavy and we you move mm. all the time. And I remember just being quite exhausted. So I was like, okay, I need to take time off for my body, for my mentally and physically as well. So it was a good time to go back home, finish my university and just be also in a completely different environment, uh, be with people who are, uh, you know, your also own age, you know, for the longest time as a kid, you, you're in a professional environment, but your, your colleagues are adults. Yeah. So it is quite interesting, like dynamic sometimes you have, right? So it was just nice to be in university and just hang out with kids that are like my age and just, you know, like <laughs> yeah. the conversations are so different. And it sounds like you almost live like a, like a spy, you know, like you have that, that life for you. <laughs> yeah. You're like a contortion star of Cirque du Soleil. You did 10 years, travel all over the world. And then all of a sudden you're like a regular student going to university who have friends, your own age, you're not work. And it's, and it's, yeah, it feels like did the people in your class, they knew that you, who you were and what you did before. Yeah, I mean, they knew I was I worked for Cirque du Soleil and I was a contortionist. So, you know, they, of course, they find that fact cool. But I think, like, same thing, like, they didn't know the scale of this company. They don't yeah. know exactly because, you know, they're not in the art world as well. So they don't mm -hmm. know, you know, much entertainment or this, but which was really nice. I think it was very refreshing. And I think mentally, it's also really good to have that change as well to be with people that are your own age and just mm -hmm. study and also do like you know learn and um and just use different uh you know be just in a different environment as well i really enjoyed it and also spending time with my family and just also learning to process and also i think the hard part sometimes was is because we have quite like uh intense schedule and we're doing a lot mm -hmm. of shows and you're moving all the time sometimes the processing doesn't really go in time so i think that yeah, was time to good for time sure. for me to process everything and just kind of catch up with myself um yeah for so sure. i'm actually really grateful i had those like two times 10 months off i think that helped me to keep going and continue with Cirque du Soleil and do also just keep working for a long time yeah it was like almost like you have to be on go 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 mode all the time and then you had that break to kind of press pause and be like, okay, what just happened for the yeah, past? And also years? just be like, who am I? You know, what yeah. <laughs> what do I want to do? And like, you know, and uh, so yeah, there's like so many things when you're just becoming an adult, it's like, you know, your brain is kind of like processing so much and you're kind of like trying to figure out. And yeah. it's hard to do that actually in a working environment mm -hmm. because you have to be professional and you have to do your job well and you know. And you have to act like an adult, but at the same time, you're a person too, and you want to grow and you want to, you know, just figure out, or you want to just go out or you want to date and all this. So it was, you know, it's, mm. it's a bit hard, like being, you know, in that environment and just working all the time and finding a balance was hard. And that it, when you're younger, you don't know how to find that balance as well. Yeah, oh, for sure. You said you have a 10 months break for university and what happened after the 10 months yeah so then i was like okay i don't know when i will go back i don't know if i want to keep performing i was a bit unsure and then after like eight nine months i was like oh i think i'm missing this stage and mm -hmm. then 
And then thankfully OVO called me and they were like, hey, you want to be a white spider on OVO? We are in Japan currently. Do you want to join us for, you know, like six, seven months? And I was like, okay, let's do it. And it was kind of the first time, um, you know, it's the first time I'm doing like full solo act. Yeah. Plus it's the first time I don't have my coaches. Um, <laughs> so it was like my first like adult contract kind of. <laughs> Um, so, so it was really cool because I felt like kind of like I have this freedom and I can be, you know, like I can discover myself as a, like an adult performer and all this. So this was really great. And the character was really fun to play as well. So I really enjoyed it. And then, um, I had another contortionist at the time working together. We're sharing the role and she was really fun and she was really like, just, you know, easy to work with, motivating mm-hmm. to work with, and we become really good friends. So that was really nice to have that also kind of, you know, learning to be like, okay, like now I don't have coaches, now I have to take care of my body and learning also how mm-hmm. to take care of my body. So it was like a kind of like a really good transitional contract. And I really enjoyed being in that show. It's a really fun show to be in because you're a bug, so you can really play around and do like, fun things on stage and you can change it up also every show. And so I really definitely enjoyed that moment a lot. Um, and then uh, unfortunately the show closed as a big top mm-hmm. as well. And then they called us for Toren. And so I jumped onto my next contract, but it was a duo co- back to my, with my partner doing duo contortion. So you went from doing 10 years of Alegria as a duo, then one year, on OVO as a solo and then back on Totem with the duo with the previous partner. Yes. And how was it to go back to duo and to recreate your act with your partner? Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was really, I mean, it was really like, we were super happy to go be to reunited and, you know, the act was definitely so different than, Mm -hmm. uh, than Allegria act. And we, it was also, I think, a learning curve for both of us. We were both becoming, you know, adult, and and we were also independent as well. So learning to mm-hmm. work with each other and to create the act, and it was a really beautiful show. I really loved the show from the beginning, so I was really excited to be in it. And we created a a really nice duo act, and you know, we were happy to tour again. Um, and it was definitely like a really cool experience because I was also going back to Japan. So then I went yeah. for the third time. <laughs> it's like for all your tours, you always call to go to Japan. It's like the third yeah, time in your um, career. Like, yeah. can you come to start in Japan for the third time? Yeah, because all will finished in Japan. And then they were <laughs> like, hey, do you want to join Torem? But we're going to Japan. So <laughs> I was like, I think I have to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I love Japan and, you know, also every time I go to Japan, I'm experiencing in a different show and yeah. different parts of my life as well. Uh, so Totem part was really special because I came on that show as a young adult and I met so many great people and I made so many really good friends. And I think this is a show where I feel like I grew up and become a proper like adult and mm-hmm. Um, and I made so many like really good friends. So this show is definitely very special for me. Um, and also I become better artists, I think on this show, because mm-hmm. it's the first time we were there without a coach and first time like creating an act together 
without like people telling us exactly what to do and stuff. So that was actually quite challenging and learning to take care of your body. Yeah. So you had to be more creative. You have to, like the act was more personal to you as an artist because you get actually to create it yourself. Yes, exactly. And so I did Joe and then my partner got uh, uh, pregnant. So then she left and then I had another partner came in. So that was also very interesting to create an act with somebody else, but in a, such a short time. And then after that, she also left uh, in, after a few months. So then I started doing solo. And I think that also opened up also another new kind of like level of contortion for me to mm -hmm. be like, okay, like am I becoming a solo artist now? And what do I do? And what artist do I want to be? And how do I want to be on stage? And what kind of, you know, style of contortion do I want to do? So it was quite like all this new, um, exciting time as well, in a way. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, I was like, okay, I lost my, I don't have my partners anymore. So like, can I do this <laughs> alone too? You know, so that part is also kind of a little bit, uh, a moment to figure out, okay. And, but I jumped right into it and I was like, I can do it. I want to do solo. I like being solo and I'm going to challenge myself. I know it is not always easy because you are alone on stage, right? So, yeah, for sure. Um, so you have to give your hundred percent every time and it pushes you a lot as an artist. So I feel like this show, I really definitely grew a lot as an artist and I was super happy with my act. It was such a fun act and I was super lucky to create it from scratch and go through mm -hmm. so many uh, different like levels of it as well. Mm -hmm. So I feel really proud to have done, created this act for Torem. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I was on stage with you a couple of times as a, a character and I got the chance to work with you there. And I can tell you that you were always incredible on stage. I mean, I, I told oh, you many yeah. times, but for sure, like you saying this, like you wanted to do a hundred percent. Now like we're getting I've, it on the record, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting on the record. As a duo artist, you were amazing. And as a solo, you were incredible. So that's, I think you really achieved what you wanted to do as an artist, for sure. Oh, thank you so much. No, and I think, you know, and I feel just like every show I'm growing a lot and, you know, the surroundings are so different. So I'm just learning a lot. Every time, like, you know, when there's like new show, uh, the character is different, the show, you know, because sometimes people do ask me like, how, like, how can you stay so long in, you know, in Cirque du Soleil and mm -hmm. working so many long years and being happy and like being motivated? How do you do that? And I think for me, it's been a, like, it's been such a huge part of life, like more than half of my life. Yeah, um, but, for sure. You know, most of it also, half of it was when I was a kid and that's just completely different, uh -huh. uh, you know, different like time of your life. So that went really fast because like I told you, I was super busy and just nonstop work and school and everything. So that just kind of went super fast. And then, Half of it, I was also becoming an adult, learning new things, discovering mm -hmm. myself as an artist. And so I just, for me, I, it, I I don't feel like it's been 18 years, but for sure, if I think of the years, I'm like, oh my God, that's a really long time. <laughs> yeah. uh, but every time I feel like every show gives me new inspiration, new motivation, and I'm learning a lot. The cast is so different. The energy of the show is different. So, and also as we age, we also learning about ourselves. So I'm just feel like it's different parts of my life 
and I'm learning and growing all the time. So for me, it feels easy to just keep working and keep mm-hmm. performing and doing all the shows. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so Totem ends and because of the pandemic, now you restarted on Alegria. So you're back where it all started. So how, how does yeah. that feel? It's kind of surreal, you know, when I closed Alegria first in Big Top and then at second time in in Arena, I never thought the show will ever open again, mm-hmm. right? Like this was just not possible. I mean, I don't know, not not possible, but just we all thought that's it. Mm-hmm. And it was such a big chapter closing in my life and in you know, all that. And then they're like, oh, we're going to reopen Alegria. And we were like, oh, my God, that, that's amazing, you know, because it's such a beautiful show. And and then uh, finally to be casted in it and to perform in it, it's kind of surreal feeling. And especially after the pandemic, you know, we didn't work for a year and a half. And just to perform again was so exciting. And just to have a contract, I think all the artists were so, like, grateful and we were just mm-hmm. so excited to perform and be on stage again and then plus it's on top of it it was alegria so i was really excited i was uh, i was really motivated to do like new act and also i was just a little bit nervous too because it's kind of slightly a new discipline for me because i'm doing Mm -hmm. canes right now but i'm mixing hand balancing and contortion together so still have my contortion part um Mm -hmm. So you're not doing, it's a slightly different apparatus. You Before you're doing only contortion, not only, but you're doing contortion on the floor. Yeah, on the floor or like dual contortion. So you're on top of someone else. Yeah. And now I'm doing cane. So uh, it's, a, it's a completely like, not it's same, but it feels different too at the same time. Because mm-hmm. yeah, you have to definitely adapt and the balance and this is a little bit different than performing on top of a person you know human body is like move soft now I have cane so uh definitely more stable but at the same time you have the height too so it's yeah. a little bit different feeling um so of course I was like really excited but at the same time I was a little bit nervous I didn't know how the act will be and you know mm-hmm. like I wanted to of course create something that is combination with contortion as well because it's what I'm good at um but ended up working really well and the director was really amazing and supportive and he was just like, kind of like do what you always do and I trust you. And so he kind of gave me the full freedom to create yes. my own act. And so I built it with my coach Magda from scratch as well. And so Magda was back in the picture. So how long have you been working with Magda? 18 years. 18 years years. working with your coach, Magda. My whole career has been with her and I'm super grateful for her because she's, she's like my tour mom, you know? Um, Yeah. She's been very supportive, just like professionally and personally as well. And she went through everything to, you know, even if she was not always sometimes on other shows there, but, you know, we stay in contact. So she's, she's been there for my life. Um, and, you know, I think just like we work so well together, she knows me really well. So we understand and we create super fast. So this was just super cool opportunity for us to create this act for Alegria because it's kind of like a full circle. You know, we started on Alegria and creating like I would have never imagined that 18 years later, I'm still creating this act with my coach for Alegria, you know, yeah. so it's just kind of like a crazy, surreal feeling. 
So I'm just really grateful for this opportunity. And I love my act and it seems to work well in the show. So I have a lot of fun doing it. And then nice to have a new challenge. So it's a yeah, new, for new sure. things act. Yeah. And how long do you see yourself performing after 18 years on stage? Uh, I think, I don't know. I don't really have exact years. Obviously, you know, with circus artists, it's hard to say, mm -hmm. depending on our body and everything else. But I would like to definitely perform five more years in mm -hmm. my head if everything goes yeah. well. And, you know, I still love contortion so much. Like, I just mm -hmm. love performing contortion and I love being on stage for that six minutes and just showing the art of contortion and what you can do with, you know, your own body. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it has been my love, you know, love for contortion is just huge. And I just, of course, would love to keep continuing. And then if not, you know, teach contortion, or I think I will always be somehow involved in circus. And I think, you know, for me, circus kind of saved my life in mm -hmm. a way because it become such a pillar for me and such a focus and it motivated me it kept me happy it kept me full kept me going forward as well because uh you know when i lost my mom and also like childhood there was a lot of things happening that were a bit like kind of hectic and but circus was the only the thing that was always there and stable and i think that kind of really made me very focused on contortion and I loved it. And I wanted to keep pushing myself in this art and wanted to be the best and just keep going and performing it. Uh, and that feeling is still there. And I think it will kind of never will go away because mm -hmm. it's just such a special part of my life. That's am It's amazing to hear. It's, it's yeah, I think you have such a beautiful and special story. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And, you know, I've just never thought contortion would change my life this much. And it just kind of turned everything 360 and just gave me so much, you know, like such a different life than if I were just was there and not doing contortion. Of course, I would have mm -hmm. completed another life and would have been, I'm sure, fine. But it's just, I'm so happy that I went to went to circus and tried it and then kept going with it and not gave her up you know mm -hmm. and so would you have any advice for people who would want to get into contortions like what are the things they can do and also what are the things they should avoid doing yeah i think for people who want to learn contortion i think it's very important is to have find you know, find a coach that is professional, obviously just like in like more technically, you know, speaking, mm -hmm. it would be just important to find a very good coach that knows the technique, that has the experience so that you learn the correct way and you learn the way that also you don't hurt your body because, you mm -hmm. know, you do, contortion is something you do with your own body and you don't need to have a prop. You can just do it, you know, like create a whole act with, with, with whatever your the skills you have, right? Which is like I think so interesting and amazing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then, yeah. So main thing is to find good school or good coaches that can help you to get there and have proper technique and take care of your body. 
And then just in general, being an artist, I think wherever you go, be like a sponge, you know, observe, learn and any situation, you know, like kind of just, you know, any anywhere you go, if you can learn and grow and, you know, from your surrounding, then so many new opportunities will come up. So and you never know what will come up. So just be really open to learn and you know then perform and do what you want to what you love to do okay that's a fantastic answer now i have one last question for you okay if tomorrow alien would land on earth how would you explain Cirque du Soleil to them how would i explain Cirque du Soleil to them okay let me can i have a second to think about it <laughs> yeah sure sure I think the aliens would love us because we'll be like really unique like them, no? Yes. Unique is definitely a, a word <laughs> that would I think fit. I think they would totally love it and we'll be like, take us. We'll we'll do a show for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would we'll be show interesting. What the, yeah. We'll be like, we'll, we're the special humans now. Yes. I, for sure. It would <laughs> yeah. be fun. A Studio Soleil show with aliens performing in it. That would be fun. That would be really cool. Yeah, I think they would totally love it. They'll be like, well, we did not expect this on Earth. <laughs> so okay. we might be saved, you know, we might be, yes. uh, we might be okay, I think. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Yuna. Thank you so much for your time. I know you're super busy with all the show, but really I had a blast talking with you and I'm sure the listener would love to hear your story as well. Thank you so much. It was really great to share my story with you guys. And thank you for having me again. No, no problem. All right. I wish you a great show tonight and we'll talk soon. Take care. Yes. Thank you. Pretty incredible life, right? Discovering the whole world from such a young age must be so amazing. And guess what? As I'm speaking right now, Alegria is transferring from Korea to Japan, which means that Oyuna is heading to another Japan tour. Cirque du Soleil is big there, and I'm sure the fans will be so happy to watch her perform again. If you guys liked this episode, please give it a good rating and review. Share the podcast on your socials with your friends, your families. Please spread the word. It really helps Tapi Rouge growing. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CircusTalk.com, or wherever you're getting your podcasts. My friends, that's it for today. I wish you a pleasant comeback to work if you took some time off for the holidays. If you're having a short night, you're pros. You know what to do. So until next week, as we say in the circus, see you down the road. <laughs>